Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey friends, oh, we've got a real treat for you. We've got our friend John Lewis with us today. Now John is full of heart, super funny, and really authentic and open. And he's here to talk about his personal experiences with debt and also his alcohol-free journey. And this isn't something we've really covered on the podcast before, and it's really important. And um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a really powerful, very moving um, podcast. So yeah, we're, we're just very happy to put it out there. So yeah, that's it. So if anyone's touched by these, please do go and leave us a review. That's one of the ways that people find us. And, and it's kind of like such a wonderful way to support us because people kind of read those reviews and they see how heartfelt they are. And, you know, people come and listen and get some of this, uh, get some of this present and sober spirit. And uh, what else can I mention today? Oh, another little, uh, just a little thing to say. If you haven't come and caught me on the Rebel Spirituality podcast and you'd like a little bit more each week, there's just a six or seven minute usually podcast with me where I'm just riffing on something that's really just to ponder for the week that's going to make a difference to you. Um, something that might make life a bit easier or kind of help you navigate feelings and emotions. So yeah, if you're looking for something a little bit extra, then definitely go check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes, but you can search Rebel Spirituality and uh, it'll all pop up for you on all your normal podcast players. All right, team. Big love. Without further ado, I hand you over to me, Ellie and John. See you there. Good morning, and well, it might not be morning when you listen to this, so hello, it's probably a better option. Uh, welcome to the Present Silver podcast. We've got the, I was about to say gorgeous Sam then, I was going to say, we've got the gorgeous, oh, yes. I'll go with that, we've got the gorgeous Sam here today, and we've got the equally gorgeous John Lewis. Hello, John, how are you? Thank you, that was a good save then. I was, <laughs> I was like, I've got the gorgeous, and I was like, is it me, is it me? It's just, <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Damn, wasn't me. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Really nice uh, again. You're very welcome. Um, we both Sam and I are very, very excited about this chat, and um, so we're we're going to delve into it very uh, soon. But we really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. Big subject, and um, uh, for those of you that are listening, go and watch us on YouTube as well, because then you can see the seedy bar that John's <laughs> darting in from. <laughs> The king is watching down, right? It's not oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous setting. Um, so let, let's start somewhere in the beginning, John. Let's um, let's start with your story. If you can just, you know, give us a bit of an intro, who you are and um, and how you find yourself here, and then um, we'll get into the, the meat and potatoes. Yeah, so I, I contacted you the other day, Ellie, because you did a podcast a little while ago on what you'd spend your money on, you know, mm. you, um if you stop drinking and the thing I spent my money on was I actually got myself out of debt um, mm. and it was it was such a big part of my story and and I kind of I tell my story and I kind of say oh I was in a debt management plan this happened and that happened and that happened but actually it's it's like the three things in life that nobody talk about right we don't talk about how much alcohol we drink we don't talk about our finances and we don't talk about our mental health mm. like all three of those were completely impacted all the time for me right um I was a bit like Sam I was a bit of a raver so you know in my 20s I was out popping pills and 
dancing all night and doing all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I really loved it. I did that. You know, I went on the gay scene. I was a drag queen. Like, I just party the night away. I used to do, like, just loved it. Loved the whole thing, right? And back then, there was a kind of, I was earning okay money. I was doing okay jobs. You know, for my age, I was actually earning probably more than a lot of people were earning, which Mm -hmm. meant I could party. But there was more... I don't know, there was more of an innocence to it. You know, I would go out and pop pills and party. Then I'd come home and sober up and then, you know, and then it'd be back to work. And and at some point that changed. It kind of, it started becoming, you know, partying. And then, okay, the next day I feel a bit hungover. Let's maybe go and have a few beers. And then, you know, and then it was drinking in the after work every day. But my dad's Irish, so you know, drinking after work's kind of normal. But mm. in my twenties, early twenties, when I was partying, I didn't actually drink a lot. It was only when I kind of moved away from the party scene a bit, um, and I started, you know, going to the pub in the evening and stuff like that. Um, I started, you know, every now and again buying a half a gram of coke or something in the afternoon, and everything seemed okay right because I could afford it all like I could afford everything I could pay for everything but gradually I was starting to you know oh, I'll just get a credit card just get a credit card because you know some months I just go a little bit over and so I get one credit card and then I get another credit card um, and then my drinking started to escalate and as my drinking started to escalate and I was buying more cocaine as well but it always started with alcohol right it always started with drinking and then you get to a certain point and you think I'm just either too drunk and I'll have to go home the only option is if I get some coke I can stay out longer and I was doing things like going to a cash point and withdrawing cash from a credit card oh yikes you know zero yeah I'd always transferred a zero balance over to it to try and sort that out um, and then I'd go, oh, I'll just get some cash. And of course, as soon as you get cash out, you then that flies back. As soon as you get cash out, the um the interest starts, right? You no longer have interest free. The interest I've got to fly, and it just keeps annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, so I started doing that. And and still I was kind of in that kind of phase of I can afford it. Mm. Afford it. I was paying back my debts every month I was getting paid but I was pretty much only able to kind of start getting to the point where I was only this flight's really doing my head in. this is going to make great watching on YouTube <laughs> it's going to be a great shot gonna, with this I'm going to snip these up and they're going to go out on Instagram and it's going to be you fighting flights uh, yeah so I was kind of you know every month I was getting paid I had enough money to cover everything and then, and then it got to the point, and then I was living off my credit cards. So I was paying everything, living off my credit cards, paying everything, living off my credit cards. Um, and I was getting away with that for quite a long time. You know, it was okay. And I still looked like to everyone around me that everything was fine because I was going in the pub. I could afford everything. I was happy-go-lucky. But my my mental health was deteriorating. Do you know what I mean? It was really starting to... I'm starting to realize I wasn't in control anymore. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not in control of my finances. There's never going to be a point where I can pay the credit cards off and not use them that month, mm-hmm. you know, because I need them. I'm I'm going to need those credit cards because I don't have any other income. So 
I got into that cycle and I was in that for a number of years. And well, what sort of age were you at this point, John? Um, so I suppose when I just started getting credit cards and stuff, maybe late, you know, 30s or something, late 20s, early 30s. Mm. Um, when this when I started to realize that I was kind of in that kind of cycle, I suppose was maybe about 35, something like that. Mm. Uh, I had quite a good job. I was earning like 40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And still, I was still not being able to get out of that cycle of having to pay everything. Every now and again, I'd think we're stuck. I'd take a loan out. Be like, mm-hmm. oh, they'll give me a loan. <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't care about the percentage. I didn't even look at it. Do you know what I mean? It was like, they'll give it to me. I'll have it. So I was probably paying extortionate amounts. Um, in interest that I hadn't even really considered you know I hadn't even thought about it it was just like I just need that money it will get me out of this problem Mm. Um, and so I was working for a charity um, and they made me redundant Um, and when they made me redundant all of a sudden it was like shit I just now I really I can't afford anything no I can't pay the credit cards back I can't pay for my car I can't pay the loans I can't I can't do anything. So it was kind of like a panic moment. And around that time, I was drinking loads. I kind of dumped the coke by that point. I wasn't doing any drugs, but I was I was still drinking really heavily and every day. Um, and so I managed to get another job, but it was about £10,000 yes, uh, less a year. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't I still can't manage I can't cope I don't know how I'm going to do that and of course I'm still drinking right so you know I could have just stopped drinking and then and then I would have been able to have more money but obviously that's not what's going on in my mind at that point um so and again my mental health starting to deteriorate a lot you know anxiety is coming in stress is coming in depression is coming in um and in the end I had to go to a debt charity I went to step change debt charity mm-hmm. Um, and I went to them and said, look, I, I just can't cope anymore. Like, I just I don't know what to do. I, I I don't have the money. It's not coming in. I've got all of this debt. I think I had about £30,000 of debt at that point. Um, and, you know, a £26,000 income, which was like, it's yeah. not going to cover it, you know. And thankfully, Step Change, amazing charity. They are a charity. Nothing. They don't take any money from you. It's all completely free. All of their services are completely free and they help me out. Um, And what they do is they contact all of your creditors and they say, look, this guy cannot afford you at the moment. Can you please stop all the interest? Um, This is his budget. This is how much he can afford. And they take it all out of your hands, basically. They stop everyone contacting you. All of that pressure kind of leaves, you know, the letters stop coming, um, all of that. Um, and then I had a fixed monthly amount that I could just that I could pay. Um, and that's kind of an indefinite arrangement, right? Um, but the problem was I because I was still drinking heavily, I ended up having a mental breakdown. So I got to I was in the I was in the debt management plan maybe about six months. I'd started this new job um and I just had a complete mental breakdown. I couldn't go to work for a year. That was I just had a complete year off. Um, and during that point, the uh, step change actually arranged it that I just paid one pound a month mm. off of all of my debts. So that's all that I was paying for that whole year was just one pound. Mm. Um, and I don't know how I found the money 
But during that year, I drank more than I've ever drank in my whole life. Like I just drank all the time. I was I, I was I was doing cash in hand things. You know, I was doing a bit of painting, decorating, gardening. Um, but you know, I was managing programs for the NHS and working in public health. And then all of a sudden, I was doing gardening, and and it's not bad to do gardening. I like gardening and I like painting and decorating. But I just didn't see that's where my life was going to go at that particular point, right? Um, and so I was getting cash in hand and it was just going literally straight into my hand and straight to the pub. And I was just drinking more and more and more. And eventually I kind of thought, you know, well, you just got to get yourself out of this. You've got to do something. You've got to try and dig yourself out of this hole. So I thought, right, I'll just go back to work. But by that point, my mental health had got to the point where I was applying for jobs like a you know, working in a fish and chip shop, frying fish. And I was thinking, I'm not going to get the job. Like, I'm not good enough to get that job. Like, I can't do that. Like, I'm a qualified chef. I went to catering college for three years. And I was telling myself at the age of 40 or whatever it was at the time, you're not going to be able to do this job. They're not going to hire you. You know, my confidence was just literally on the floor. Like, everything had just overwhelmed my life. You know, I couldn't cope with anything. I couldn't cope with my mental health. I couldn't cope with my finances. I couldn't cope with my drinking. It was all just too much. Um, but I did have enough kind of, you know, sense to kind of say the only way you're going to dig yourself out of this is if you get yourself back into work and try and sort your mental health out and, you know, and all of that. And I did. So I got a job um, actually driving for a well-known supermarket. It's a bright green colour. I won't you mention, can mention it on air, mate. It's not the BBC. You can say. <laughs> I don't think they're coming after us. They're, they're the bright green. They're not the nice green. <laughs> Got it. Not, not the one that's affiliated with John Lewis, then. <laughs> Very good. Uh, boom, boom. Yeah. That was a strange thing, actually, because when I did work in a supermarket, I used to have John Lewis written on my name badge. They were like, they were like, what? Take over. And I was like, oh. but you've got John Lewis. I said, that's not <laughs> <laughs> that's they were like, oh, I thought it'd taken over. Um, so I started driving for them anyway. And um, because I had, you know, I'd had this history of management. I'd worked in retail for years, but nobody knew. I just started as just John the driver. And I liked the job because it just meant my anxiety was so bad that. All I had to do was literally go in, clock in, walk around to the van, pick up the keys and sit in the van and somebody loaded it up. And then I just had to drive it and deliver the stuff. Yeah. And it was the perfect job because it just got me kind of back into kind of being around people and work. And eventually I kind of got my confidence back and um, I started paying more on the debt management plan. But the more I earned, the more I get spending on alcohol. So even though I'd just gone through this massive, great, big life-changing event, I couldn't stop drinking. I just couldn't stop drinking. And like I always tell people this story that I was sitting on a bus coming home from Asda. Um, my bus stop to get off to get into my flat was like one stop before the pub. And I used to sit on that bus and I used to tell myself, right, you're going to have this for dinner. You know, there's that in the freezer. You can have an early night. You're going to get off at the bus stop. And I'd be doing this all the way up until that bus stop. And literally I'd get to it and I'd 
just sit on the bus and I go to the next one. Yeah. Um, and next thing I was at the bar again, right? And I know that I don't have the money. But anyway, so I got a better job, which was great. I got a shop manager's job again. I started earning more money. And guess what? I still couldn't pay off the debt management. I was still paying the same amount of the debt management plan, not the one pound. It had gone up because I'd started earning more. But the more I earned, the more I just kept spending on alcohol. And I wasn't paying anything off of the debt management plan at all. Just, a, you know, a small amount, but it was never really going down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only when I stopped drinking. You know, as soon as I stopped drinking, I um, I think I paid back all all my debts. I paid back within two years. Wow. Two, two and a half years. Um, I didn't quite pay it all back because you can kind of go to them and say, look, I've been in this for X amount of time. I've got this amount of money at the moment. Will you accept it? So we can just draw a line under this. Right. So I went to them and, you know, and I said that and they accepted it. And that was it. And I, I literally, I literally, that was it. I was out of the debt management plan. And then Good for you. this is the weird thing, right? This is the first time I came into contact with Ellie. And I actually stood her up. <laughs> so I, actually I know. And and the funny thing with this is, so <laughs> so John had um, an interview booked with me for um, the This Naked Mind Institute coach training, and and I saw that it was this guy called John Lewis, and he didn't he didn't show up, and I was like, somebody's fucking having a laugh here, aren't they? They're, they're just like pretending to be I'm John Lewis, like oh ha ha ha, <laughs> and it was real. <laughs> it was the funny thing because. So I got an e- I got the email off of this naked mind about the coaching, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great, that's what I want to do. I want to be a coach. Um, so I booked a call and there was a video to watch and I hadn't watched the video. <laughs> so I booked the call and then I watched the video and then they said how much it was. And I was like, well, I can't pay that because I've just literally paid all the money that I've had on this debt management plan. And I remember Ellie, we were kind of messaging about the pause, and she was like, Can you just get a loan? And I was like, No, I can't get a loan. Well, <laughs> like, I don't think I just said that, John. You didn't That's... know, you didn't, you didn't know that I just paid off my debt management plan, right? So I was kind mm-hmm. of like, No, I can't do that. Um, but I did actually, my my nan sadly passed away, and I did have a small inheritance coming. Yeah. Um, so the day after I paid off my debt management plan, I went to my mum and I borrowed the money to, to do the training. But I knew it was a different kind of debt, right? It was a different kind yes. of debt. It wasn't yeah. one that was coming with huge amounts of interest and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share my story about it because I don't think people don't talk about their finances. They don't talk about how it affects our mental health, you know. Yeah, you bet. Do is it right? There's a few things that I really heard in there that I'd like to just highlight for people because I think there's the possibility that someone might wake up in the middle of something that they don't quite realize that they're in. So the first one, and this doesn't get spoken about enough, is the transition from uh, through from party drugs and how that works. Because because a lot of people they'll find themselves in the rave scene using a lot of MDMA, okay for a while, but it takes a toll. It's very heavy on the body in the end. Then they tend to switch to stimulants. It seems like it's less of a toll because there's less like payoff the next day, it would seem. But then that costs a lot more money and that has its toll on the body. So then people would eventually end up with ju- just alcohol in air quotes. Yeah. And it's the last thing that we question. And by that point, for many of us, myself included, we've spent a fuck ton of money on it. 
um, on all that stuff combined. And somewhere in there, there is very often a switch from into credit. And so what will often happen, and I love how you raise this point, because this I think people just suddenly just start, they drop into their overdraft. So as where before, it was like zero in the bank account, and then that was getting filled. They then go to maxed out overdraft, and all they're ever doing is getting back to zero in the bank account. Yeah. And that like that's such a common story I hear for people that have kind of been in that scene as well. People who have got great jobs, but who like to who've been partying hard, and then the event happens, as I like to think of it. And the event could be our partner leaves us, we lose our job, and then suddenly, you know that that's a it's a precarious position to be in because we don't realize how there's nowhere else to go beyond that because once you go beyond the bottom of the overdraft you're then in a load of trouble because you're as you were saying you've got interest you've got all this debt pouring in that you hadn't seen before so people don't even realize that they're that they're one event away from something being very sticky and difficult and so i just wanted to 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 flag that because i think i mean i i was you know doing a bunch of that stuff and i was just like either pushing it away, denying it, didn't know, didn't realize. I'm lucky. Family that's very supportive, that kind of thing, right? Um, but even the kind of things we do when we're in that position, the way we ask for money, we're dishonest. We do weird shit. We don't share the full picture with people and that eats away at us as well. And then that whole thing combined becomes this massive thing. And you're right. I think potentially that's why people don't talk about it, right? But I think it's really courageous that you do what you do and so much of 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 what I see, like for me, it could have been very, very similar for me. If it's only um, by luck and family support and things like that that I didn't find myself in a position like you, man. Hmm. And I, I was lucky as well because I mean that point of the point at which I went back to work, I actually had to go to my grandmother at that point when she was still alive and say, "Nan, can you give me like six grand?" Yeah, because I needed six grand. I mean, what six about six grand I needed to get back to work. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I needed that money to like pay off certain things, to have money to be able to go to work for a month, you know, like all of those things. Yeah. Um, and she gave me that money. And if I didn't have her, I don't know what I would have done really. I don't know. There wasn't there wasn't another option. There was only the bank of Nan at that point. No other, no other bank would kind of would have helped me out at that point because I didn't have an income you know um, and it's it's tough yeah yeah and lots of people are in that situation though that are just like you said Sam like I didn't see it coming that all of a sudden I was going to be made redundant although you know in hindsight I can see all the time that I had off sick and never came and come to work hungover and and all of those things would probably lead to somebody wanting to get rid of me eventually somehow you know like and redundancy is an easy way to get rid of somebody right without having to deal with all the nastiness you can just mm -hmm. not have that job anymore and then okay it will cost you a bit of money to get rid of them but then they're gone and I think in my case that was it because I was just drinking so much I really probably wasn't even doing my job properly mm. yeah I, I from the bottom of my heart like I just want to I'm so thankful to you John for what you shared because it it it's so like it it's so bloody honest and it, it's so relatable. So many, like we've all, I'm sure all of us have had some kind of issue with, you know, money. We've all had loans at times or credit cards and, and it, and it's such a bloody slippery slope. Like when you said about going and starting to take money out, you know, the other day completely, like I don't carry cash around a lot. And the other day I needed to get some cash 
and absentmindedly put the wrong card in. And so I'd got cash out of my credit card instead of putting my debit card in. And then when the statement comes through, you've suddenly got all of this interest. It's like, right, it's my fault. Okay, so I paid off the additional interest and what have you. Next month, interest again. I'm like, but I fucking paid it off straight away. And I mean, this is like, you know, this is once I've done it. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take much. And then you're in it and there's, there's seemingly no way out of it. So there's one thing I'd love to come back to in a minute, which is the, the debt charity, because they, they just sound like utterly fabulous. And I think we, we really want to highlight the work that they're doing. Um, but before that, I just wanted to say, like, what a wonderful legacy um, for your nan, for you to be, to have used your inheritance to invest in yourself and this work, and then naturally investing in a bunch of other people. Like the work that you are doing is so, so important. So I just, I'm, I'm really thankful to your dear Nan also. And the, before the debt charity stuff, the, 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 just the one question that I had that um, within the, kind of the, this end part of your story is what, what happened in terms of the, um, the, the transformation with alcohol? So had you, was it via this naked mind? You discovered this naked mind and. Yeah. So I kind of. I'd reached out to AA. I kind of I put the feelers out. I'd had a partner years earlier who I brought to NA, so I kind of knew the structure of AA. Um, and I had a friend in NA, and I kind of knew the whole powerless thing. And and I'd done personal development work in the past. Like I did the landmark forum, landmark education, and I just knew the power of our own minds. I really yeah. knew that it wasn't we can sort anything out right we really can we just need to have the right mindset and the right tools and we can sort it out and I truly believe that and I didn't want to I, but the only way where only place I could see to go was AA that was it you know I'd gone to a I'd gone to a counseling session and they said go to AA they actually said to me if you just stop drinking you know you could sort your debt out and I thought well no shit Sherlock do you yeah, know what I mean I haven't thought of that <laughs> I just stopped drinking. I could sort it all out. I thought, wow, this counseling's amazing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just, so, I, so, yeah, it was like, well, you, I've got to go to AA, haven't I? That's it. You've got to go. There's nowhere else to go. You've got to go. Um, and uh, my partner actually came home one night and I was blind drunk. Um, and we had an argument that night and he actually left. And that was the only time in our relationship that I've ever remember him actually getting up and walking out the door. Um, and he didn't come back for three days. I mean, I was vile. I was, I don't know, even know what I said, but I know that I was vile and I was drunk and I knew I woke up ashamed and all of those things. And so that morning I Googled again and this naked mind turned up and I was like, okay, let's just try this. So I signed up, I think I signed up to the alcohol experiment that day and I ordered the book um and i and that was it and i've never drank since so that's four and a half years later boom how's that and the weird thing was when you know my partner came back like two days later or three days later and on his way back i said to him look we need to talk obviously we need to talk i'm trying to stop drinking he said well should we go to the pub just have one <laughs> and i said <laughs> no we're not going to the pub, just having one because you know that's how it begins right and so like right from that point, once I kind of said, right, I'm going to just do the 30 days. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to do the 30 days. 
So I did the 30 and then I thought, you know, I feel great. Let's do 60. And, and I was already noticing the amount of money that I had, you know, yeah. after 30 days, because I got to the point where I was in work, working out in my head, you have got 14 pounds, 14 pounds. You can go to the pub, you can have two pints and then you can go and buy three beers or you can go straight to the shop. And you could just buy, you know, 14 beers, you know, like, like I, that was my constant dialogue. It was that constant kind of like, and, and I would always spend more money than I had. I would then go, my thing was always, I go to the pub because I like the company, right? It was always, I was brought up in pubs. My dad's half Irish, you know, all of that. I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a Jack the Lad, you know, like having a laugh around the table, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and what I realized was really I didn't, you know, once I stopped drinking, I realized that a lot of the people I knew, the only thing we had in common was standing around drinking. There was nothing else. There was nothing else there. There was no relationship, really. Um, it was just the booze. So, yeah, just that 30 days and then just pushing it, pushing it, pushing mm. it a bit. And just understanding, you know, like um, I was able to kind of, and I think probably through doing my landmark stuff, I was able to kind of, take a step back mm. and I always say to my clients like what I want you to do is just zoom out like mm. you in your body doing what you do and reacting just stand behind yourself yes. zoom out and watch what's going on right and when you zoom out and watch what's going on and I was I was kind of sitting there going oh I'm falling asleep right like isn't my body amazing <laughs> you know like <laughs> isn't my body great this is my liver detoxing right now right <laughs> my eyes <laughs> I didn't really have it like that as an experiment I was kind of going I know what's going on right now you know like I understand why I'm feeling like this mm-hmm. now alcohol's not going to help this is just my body trying to sort it sort itself out after the amount of alcohol that I've put into it mm. and what happened with them um, with your I'm just kind of interested in what happened with your partner from that moment of like I'm I'm trying to sort myself out as far as alcohol is concerned. Right. Well, let's go and have a chat about it down the pub to, you know, some years on like where, where, where's he at now? And how's that kind of working? Well, well, interestingly, there wasn't, there was a point where there was norm, there was almost a switch over of roles Mm. um, because I kind of, I kind of stopped and then I wasn't going to, I do go to the pub, you know, I drink a pint of orange juice and lemonade or have lunch or whatever. I still go to pubs, you know, um, and he never really drank very much before he met me, you know, but when he did meet me, then he started drinking the same <laughs> as me. Um, and then when I stopped drinking, um, there was a kind of point where it was kind of, I'm just going to go to the pub for a few, you know, like, and then he would come in hungover. <laughs> he would come staggering in the door and I would get upset. And I thought, wow, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, but gradually over time, both of us, he still drinks, you know, but he normally just have one or two drinks. He's never, ever been a big drinker. It was only when I was there to kind of egg the situation on. Um, he is one of those very rare people who can have one beer and just go walk home and be absolutely fine. I wasn't that person. I could never have one beer. It would have to be three. It wasn't even two. It's always three. Yeah. And and the thing is, actually, that, you know, he's he's a huge beneficiary of um, the inner work that you've done. Because if, you know, irrespective of like how you get to drinking, you know, we we know that generally over time people drink more and not less. So actually, the fact that he is, um, you know, spending so much time with this, you know, new version of you, 
they're like that that's he's really going to benefit from that because he's he's not being dragged down the pub um you know and, and and as you say when you remove alcohol and you become more discerning about what's important in, and meaningful in your life and and it can be it can be a bit of a jolt you know when you realize that some of the relationships around you are solely built upon drinking and like you say there's 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 no substance there um but it's a really whilst it can be jolting it's a really valuable um discovery to uh, to to open up because then life becomes really substantial and really exciting um yeah, I still don't think anybody really realizes what I'm doing in this bedroom. <laughs> you know, because we're so online. I mean, I go all around the world from sitting yeah. there. It's incredible, but no one past that door really knows what happened. Yeah. yeah. It's like the yeah. back cave. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of funny that, isn't it? Like I basically work on I pretty much work on Eastern time for a lot of my stuff now. And it's funny how like I how I think in that different way. But yeah, it's uh it's amazing that we can do this. I mean, I think there was a lot of stuff that happened over kind of the lockdowns and everything for people that was really difficult, particularly people who were already in like a strong kind of like a drinking relationship. Um but there's also a lot of gifts that have come with it as well. And and one of them is that as people that are kind of shining a light to let people know it's okay. Like this may have happened to you, but us too, like me too, um, you know, come along and we can do it. We can do it from our, from our, uh, from our like spare rooms or offices or or whatever we have or basements. Right. Which is, which is very cool. And I think, I think there's so much uh, in your story, mate, that can, there's something really powerful that happens when people that are in a position of um, how to put this, when people who are leading the way and making a difference share from the heart about what's happened for them, because I think people tend to have buckets. They tend to go, oh, people that fall into kind of like those kinds of relationships with MDMA and cocaine and alcohol and stuff, like they're, they're people like that. But the truth is there's a whole bunch of uh, doctors, people with huge, you know, huge amounts of money behind them, families, and people that work everywhere across the board in all kinds of areas of life, all socioeconomic backgrounds for whom MDMA, alcohol, all these things, where if we fall into a role of abuse with them, the substances don't give a fuck what your background is. They don't give a fuck what your job is. They they just, they impact us because we're human and because we have a physiology and a neurology in this incredible body. So I think when speaking out and sharing it, we just by doing that, we break through a lot of layers of that stigma and shame. So I just want to echo what Ellie said. I think it's it's amazing that you're doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, and then you know the the people I used to meet out raving, like you said, I used to meet doctors and nurses, yeah. bankers, and people with high pressure jobs, right? Yeah, of course, there were loads of them. I knew millionaires who were out raving. You know, like so, it's 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 one of them weird things. Is like you don't tend to think you've got a problem until you can't afford it. Mm. You know, like you can afford it, like you can carry on taking cocaine for as long as you want, really. I mean, your body's going to look like hell. You're going to look like hell. Your, your mental health is probably not going to be great. But, you know, everyone will still think you're OK because you can afford it. Right. It's when you can't afford it that you start to kind of slip between the cracks and people don't really know that that's going on for you. Yeah. Because you're trying to hide it. You're trying to hide all of it. No no, you think you failed. You think, oh, shit, I've failed, you know. And like you said about the credit cards, Ellie, people don't realise that when you 
you know, when you do that, when you take cash out or whatever, when you do start getting interest, you start paying interest on interest. Interest on the interest, exactly. Interest, interest on interest on interest on interest. Yeah, that's the thing. And I said to them, like, because I, I paid it off and then I'm like, hang on a minute, it's still hit. Like, there's still, I said, how, how is this going to go on in perpetuity? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to, like, I, I'd even um, made like what I would have considered like an overpayment. I was paying it like my whole credit card off early because what I, I, I typically use my credit card and then pay it off at the end of the month in full. And I just got in the habit of doing that. I was like, is this just going to go on in perpetuity? And then in the end, they said, oh, well, I tell you know, we can see it's a mistake anyway, so we'll just wipe the whole thing. But but this this is happening on like a big scale, and I think um, you know back like back in the day when I was you know university leaving university with an enormous amount of debt, and you know knowing how that felt, always having that hanging over me, um, living in out of overdrafts and all of that business. It, it was a bit, it feels like it was a bit more like the Wild West back then, you know, and you would have these um, adverts on day in, day out, daytime television, you know, for um, being able to get cash quickly and all of this. And it it, it was really, really terrible. And it, I, th- I think um, uh, it, it feels like it's cleaned up somewhat. But, you know, I mean, even basically, like you look at when interest rates started to rise and my bank was very quick to message me with, you know, the interest rate on your credit cards going up. I'm like, what about my fucking savings? What about <laughs> my savings? Nothing's happening with those, is, is it, you know? So it's, you know, it, we're not being taken care of here. And so the the charity, I'd love you to talk a little bit more about the charity so that we can kind of highlight that because it sounds like, you know, I've, I've not come across a charity like that. And I think that that, I can just imagine the relief that they are offering people that are in really desperate need. So I just really want to highlight the work that they're doing and bring some attention to that. Yeah, and and I think that I think that the the issue as well around all of this is right. There are companies out there that will help you sort out your debt, and they are going to charge you to sort out your debt, right? And they want to try and put you into something called the, an IVA, right? They want you to go into one of those because they manage it for you. Then they charge you a management fee. And then you find out a lot of the money that you're paying is not actually going to pay your debts off. It's going to them, right? So it's, it's, and and how you know the difference? They're the ones on the radio advertising, telling you they can sort it all out for you. And somewhere like Step Change as a charity is just there to help you like it really it just took everything away for me right it just literally um i told them exactly what was going on they went went through everything how much money's coming in how much money's going out how much i was paying on everything um and they basically then gave me all the options and said what you know you can go into so they put me into what they call a debt management plan so you don't have to go to a charity. You don't have to go to a company. You don't have to go to anybody. If you find yourself in a position where you can't afford your debts, and this is in the UK, I don't know what it's like around the world, but in the UK, um, anyone who lends you money has an obligation to help you out if you cannot pay your, if you can't make your repayments, they have to help you. Um, that's or anyone who lends you money. That's part of how the the law works in the UK. So you don't have to go to a charity. You can contact all of them individually and say, "I'm having trouble. You know, here's my budget. This is what I can afford. Can you please stop the interest on my account? 
Um, but Step Change did all of this for me. Um, mm -hmm. And like if I'd have to think about having to write to those people, have the right letters, the right wording, you know, all of that stuff, it was just too much to think about. So they took mm -hmm. all of that away. I literally gave them my budget. I told them what I could afford. And I gave them all the details of all the people who I owed money to, and they contacted them. They literally sent them all a letter and said, this person, we're working with him. Um, can you please, here's his budget. Here's what he can afford to pay you on his debts. Um, and can you please just stop all the letters and stuff to him, stop the interest? And they did. Like All the interest stopped. All the brown envelopes stopped coming through the door. And that in itself just takes the pressure off. Um, now. Like with all of these things, right, it's going to affect your credit history, and it did it, it affects mine. So throughout that whole point, I can't, I couldn't get any more credit. I could get it for maybe a mobile phone, or you know, because they go on your credit file. I've learned so much about your credit file, like what's on it, how it works, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, and I was in it for about, I think, just seven years. Mm -hmm. The first kind of three, four years that I was in it, nothing really happened. Um, and then I stopped drinking. And then in the last two and a half, three years, I sorted it all out and I paid it all off. Um, but it can go for as long as you need it to go. And there are other solutions. Like you could go bankrupt. They did say that I could do that. Um, if you go bankrupt, then you, you know, it's unlikely that you'll ever be able to get a mortgage. Um, it's unlikely. Uh, I think it's impossible for you to ever be a director of a company. So there's big implications to it. And I always wanted to try and pay it back. That was, I was always like, I want to try and pay it back, even though I didn't know how I was going to do it, because mm -hmm. like, I want to pay it back. Um, and thankfully for me, once I had paid it back, um, and uh, it was probably about six months later, because my nan had passed away and she had left me a small inheritance and my mum gave me some more money, um, that I was then able to apply for a mortgage and I went back to step change. I went back to their brokers who, again, they just charge you a flat fee to help you sort the mortgage out. Mm -hmm. But because they have got access to people who will lend people with a, you know, a grey mm. record money, they can get you a mortgage sorted out. So they actually helped me um, buy a property in June. So I've actually now bought my own flat as well. So that's great. So just it, they just helped me go from I, I just don't know what to do to now I bought a property and, and, you know, and they're a charity and they do an amazing job for people just, you know, just to take that burden away and and help you. And, you know, that all the people, when you phone them up, no one's judging you. They're like, okay, just tell me what's going on. And they just give you the advice and tell you what you need to do next. Um, and that's what the great thing was. Because I think for me, it was that feeling of I failed. I don't, you know, I really failed here. I can't manage my own finances. I have to go and have to go and tell somebody and then they have to do it for me. But they made it really, really easy. Um, and you can find them at stepchange.org. And they will give you loads of different advice on what you can do with your finances. Um, and it's great that you can just book a call with them and, and get all of that sorted out. That's I think nice. there are other charities. I don't know who they are. You can go to Citizens Advice. Yeah. They have they have um, stuff there. They can advise you. They won't so much do it for you. I don't think they can just tell you what, you, what your options are. Um, but anyone who is telling you that you need to pay money or it's going to cost you, um, I would steer clear of. 
yeah. you steer clear of because sometimes they're, they're giving you inappropriate solutions for your problem um, because they're charging you a management fee to kind of sort it all out for you. I love that, man. And you know, the other thing that I really hear is true is that however much anyone who's listening to this, however much you think you would save from stopping drinking, you're wrong. It's a lot more than you're, than you're dialing it in your head. Cause here's the thing, like I sat and I did like a, I did a TikTok video at one point last year. I was like, okay, seven and years at this point in time, I wonder how much money I've saved. I'll do a conservative, you know, what was I spending on alcohol plus, you know, party prescriptions plus taxis, carries. What did you say? <laughs> the babs. The babs, all that, right. And I was like a conservative, like conservative amount of money would be 500 pound a month, right? And there's definitely times when it was more than that. Um, you know, you tally it up over seven years and I was just like, holy fuck that's like it was like 30 40 grand or something and i'm like yeah no wonder because because the question i was answering was people someone had said to me well how did you go from being in those positions to being able to buy a flat and that kind of stuff and that was when i did that and shared that i said well that's how right because we don't realize just how much energy money mind space all that stuff that we're invest in, well investing in alcohol right <laughs> like it's it's unbelievable what we get back the the investment in ourselves in in going on this journey so there's so much hope there for people man because i'm sure there will be some people listening to this who are in hard times and they either haven't actually been able to speak about it and they've probably felt very alone um mm. and just knowing that there are options right to, so i guess wherever people are in the world um, go, go have a Google, go have a look around for these charities, right? See what's around you, see what's near you and go and talk to someone about it because, you know, it, it's amazing what can happen in a few, in a few months, in a few years, once that pressure's off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt it straight away. Like I said, after 30 days, just not drinking and, and that started to drive it a little bit. I think I thought, damn, I've got like an extra 400 quid this month, <laughs> you know, like, wow, damn, what can I buy with that? <laughs> kebabs no that's yeah <laughs> not. I mean, the odd the, the odd thing like yeah but this is the thing is ellie's often spoken about how you know she had to really kind of soul get like sort of do some soul searching to spend the 47 dollars on the lae on the alcohol experiment and then we you look at the reality of it and you're like oh wow like spend some money like if you if you can something like that if your gut's telling you, yeah, go in. If it's if that's what it is, if the cost of entry is is forty quid or something, and you've got it to go and do something like the alcohol experiment, like you just never know what's going to happen, right? You never know where you're going to be off the back of something like that. So, mm. so cool. What I was grateful for was it was free. I did the free alcohol experiment. Yeah, of back, course. Yeah. Back then, it was the beta version. You know, yeah. that was, and <laughs> so on, on that dodgy um that yeah. dodgy site beta version and i still managed to get through it and, and it all worked out great but that's, that's like, a good point there is a free version of that for anyone who's listening and thinking i can't afford 47 bucks or whatever for the month there is a free alcohol experiment on the this naked mind app so yeah that's that i always tell annie i said you know what, annie i never actually bought your book either because like i i went to audible and i got the free month on audible yeah. and then you you get the book, right? And then just as it's coming up to the end of the free month, you cancel. Yeah. And Audible goes, no, 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 don't go, don't go. Please don't go. Here, have another three books and have another free month. And you go, all right then. And so you have another free month and then you just wait to the end and you cancel. And they go, no, no, no. What can we do? What can we do? And then, no, it's all right. I just canceled. So I never actually even paid for the book. I just listened mm -hmm. to 
for free. That's just a little trick. If anybody... She got you in the end, though, didn't she, with the coach training? Oh, what? Look how many books I've got over there. <laughs> <laughs> but you're paying it forward, man. Boy, are you paying it forward in what you're doing. Like, I, it's uh, what a gift to be doing that. And I think it's, um, I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool thing. Oh, goodness me. John, you're a superstar. I'm really, really thrilled that you reached out. And I really appreciate you giving us your time today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with you guys. Finally. Yeah, you're welcome. So tell us, you know, for people that are listening who want to reach out to you, perhaps they've got stuff around this they want to talk to you about or coaching. Like where do people find your websites, all that cool stuff? Yes, they can find me at uh, my website is theteetotalcoach.com. That's the capital T totalcoach.com. No T E A, no T E E, just the T. <laughs> just the T. Uh, or all of my socials are the T Total Coach. So you can get me at the T Total Coach on Instagram. And if you just want to email me, you can just email John at the T Total Coach. We can have a chat. Love it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, really, really appreciate it. Like, what a, this is going to be, we're going to get a lot of, um, messages about this episode i know it so i'm sure we'll uh get you back on at some point and we've got some actually we've got some exciting stuff that's happening within our group so it might be nice to bring you in as a as a guest for some of the, the work that we're doing over there anytime anytime i just think anytime we can share our story and make things easier for other people because you just feel like you're the only one right mm. you hear somebody else say oh they're they were in the same situation as me and that changed and they can change it. And, or, you know, everything in life, everything that we experience, if everyone could just remember it's temporary, like it is temporary. Everything is temporary. It will all change. It can all change and it will all change. You just want, you just need to want to do it and it will, it will come towards you. That's, that's what I truly believe. Yeah, I could hear that when you shared it, man. That moment where you said, you know, I knew it, the power of the mind is amazing and I just knew I had this. I just, I always knew that too. And um, that seems to be like a really wonderful thing to know. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. All right. Take care.